Welcome to the Deep Gripping Reality. Uh, my name is Steve and I am your host. On today's show, uh, I wanted to talk about blogs. Blogs are a great piece of content. I've talked about them in the past um, and how you can turn them into smaller pieces of content. But I had a client ask me um, how I come up with ideas for blogs. Um, basically, what you want to know is what to blog about when you have no blogging idea what to blog about. Um, and for me, there's a very specific process. Um, and it usually involves things that inspire me. If people ask me questions and I, I find the answer that I didn't know, then I will turn it into a blog because I assume other people probably didn't know it. Um, but it's basically, you know, if you went through your FAQ and thought, how can I turn this into a 500 word essay um, with some pictures and maybe some content, um, that's it. But there's also different ways that you can capture that blog information. So long story short, um, I also realized that I know a guy who is really, really good at blogging um, and is working toward making that his uh, full-time job. Um, I've had him on the show before. We had a bunch of technical issues, um, but fortunately he was kind enough to come back on the show. And although we did have one glitch um, or two, he decided to come back on the show. And I'm talking about Larry Blankenship. He is the author of the blog um, Workplace Humorist, which is found at WorkplaceHumorist.com. And uh, so, yeah, you should definitely check that out and stay tuned because that is what today's show is all about. Hey. Hey, so I've decided that if I am going to have guests on my show, I got to find a way other than the uh, Anchor Invite app. It seems a little glitchy to me. Yeah, I, I think it probably is. You're probably better off just doing, um, I think there's probably other shows out, other tools out there you could do fairly, that are fairly easy. Yeah, I'm thinking that maybe I'll, I'll figure out a way to either record a call or, I don't know, I like the app overall. It's just this feature I'm still trying to iron the kinks out. So thanks for joining me again. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. This time I'm not traveling, so I shouldn't lose, shouldn't yeah. lose the signal. I'm sitting sitting in one place too at home, so it shouldn't be an issue. Nice, nice, perfect. So um, I I'm going to introduce you to my audience. Um, this is Larry Blankenship. He is the uh, the workplace humorist. Um, that's the name of his blog. It is found at WorkplaceHumorist.com. He's a very funny guy, but it's very relatable. And um, I think that we the best is yet to come. There's some really solid stuff if you want to take some time and read through it. But uh, I think that he's he's really kind of catching his flow with it. And I'm excited to see where it goes next. So again, Larry, thanks for joining me. Um, I wanted to ask you a question that I got posed the other day and uh, wanted to pick your brain on that. Sure. So I uh, am tasked as, so my whole thing, as, as I'm sure you know, is, is social media marketing and digital marketing and all that fun stuff. And so one of the things that I help the company I work for with is writing their blog. And um, I was talking to a client or a prospect, not a client yet, but we'll see how that goes. And she said, so you write the blog and how many have you done? And I said, oh, dozens, you know, I just, I've, I've done it for a while now. And she said, well, how do you come up with the content? How do you come up with what you want to write? And for me, I know there's a process, but I'm more curious to find out what yours is. Uh, my process, at least when I'm uh, commuting, is to let my mind go blank for about 60 miles. And generally <laughs> something comes to me. I mean, for me, it's really a lot of it is just what happens to me that week or uh, some insight that I have during the week. I try to 
I try to journal every day to give myself kind of a way to, to offload um, the day's events and uh, kind of look at it and say, what, what happened? What do, what do I need to do differently or what worked, what didn't? And sure. from there, and the fact that I've been doing this, I mean, I've been working in the corporate world for the better part of 25 years. Um, yes, I am old. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I find that there's there's lots of examples of silly stuff that happens. And then, of course, I've got my, my home life, which is, you know, my wife and I both have a really good sense of humor. So there's a lot of things that uh, come up during our day-to-day that strike me as funny or strike me as things that I can uh, take a humorous look at. And uh, so far it's worked. I keep, um, I, I, I'm always afraid that this is going to be the week or the day that I can't come up with anything and I'm going to have to give it all up, but it hasn't happened yet. So I guess I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, this, this may come across as vulgar, but I think you'll get it. I've found that making content is a lot like sex. If you try to make something happen when there's no magic, it's just going to be disastrous. You both have to be in the mood. You and the creative process have to be in the right mood. And when you do, it's worth it. When you try and push something through, everybody's disappointed. <laughs> I, I think what I've, what I've found, I won't necessarily disagree with you entirely, but I think what I've found is sometimes you just have to be... Um, the times that I've really had good luck is when I've just sat down and kind of said, okay, you're going to free associate or you're going to go look at things and try to find an article to, to, that maybe give you an idea. Like yesterday, um, I'm getting ready to write a, a blog post about sleep deprivation, which is something that uh, I've had a lot of experience with being a parent uh, of a small child at one time. Um, and, you know, sort of other things. And I happen look at uh, the Harvard Business Review and they had an article there that said entrepreneurs that get more sleep are better at identifying ideas and sure. that seemed to me to be kind of an, an obvious thing I mean obviously if you're if you're sleep deprived you're not gonna you're barely functioning much less being able to see things and so that was a great point to start with you know it's kind of an absurd concept okay what what about sleep deprivation and there's lots of people that deal with that I happen to have sleep apnea so um, I had a period where the sleep deprivation was worse than, worse than most, and uh, uh, that was going to be part of the, the blog post, was just making sure that if you do have sleep apnea or those kinds of symptoms, you get yourself checked out and, and uh, you know, make sure you're not uh, going to have problems because there's some serious, serious health risks uh, associated oh, yeah. with it. So um that, yeah, that's right my ideas just you know sometimes i research and sometimes it just comes to me it just depends now that okay so so many questions so many points um <laughs> there's <laughs> you're you're just you're you're giving me all kinds of fire here so um i am a really big fan of uh, of a british youtube channel called today i found out uh with a guy named simon whistler and he did this thing about if I, it, you know, he basically his viewers will send him questions and then he researches the hell out of it, him and his team. And then they do a video about it with a lot of fact based and research based science and or politics and or whatever. And um, to, on today's today, I found out it was about sleep deprivation. And if you don't get enough sleep, will you die? And apparently they've done. I don't know. Have you. I just lost you. Are you there? Yeah, I'm, can you I'm, hear me I'm, now? I don't know what happened, okay. but lost you for a so, second. 
Yeah, so um, Simon Whistler's show on Today I Found Out, they had talked about um, sleep deprivation. And, you know, the question is, can you die if you don't get enough sleep? Um, did you hear about the study with the mice? I, 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 I'm not sure I did. I, I think I know where this is going, but go ahead. So basically, they did this study with mice. And if they went a certain amount of time, I think it was like um, three weeks or something. It was a long period of time. They died every time. They would feed them normally, whatever, but they would deprive them of sleep and they would die. So there was something going on there. And what they found out as they studied this more and more is that your brain needs a, a certain sleep cycle. And if it doesn't get that, the brain cells start to decay. And there's no recorded cause of death due to sleep deprivation, but the health problems that it can cause if you don't get enough sleep will kill you. And so it, it was really kind of an intriguing and, and interesting video to watch. Um, and, and so when you said that you were penning an article on sleep deprivation, I was like, what are the odds of that? Like you're, you're <laughs> conceptualizing this. And I literally just saw this video today and I thought, wow, that's, that's crazy. Small world, small world. I'll tell you a story. Uh, when I was uh, a very new parent, I've had three kids. This is my last one. My youngest just went off to college. Mm -hmm. When my youngest was an infant, he was very college. I mean, really bad. We, in fact, our nickname for him was Mr. Cranky Pants. And <laughs> one more, one night, he, he get. I got up with him at three in the morning, and I, I don't think I was quite awake. Um, and my, I came back. I was walking down the hallway, holding what my wife referred to as an air baby because I wasn't carrying an actual child. I just had my arms like I was carrying one of my arms. Wow. And she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm putting Daniel back to bed. And she said, you go to sleep. You're, you're you know, you're not, you don't even have a kid in your hand. You're hallucinating. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I think there's lots of funny things that people do when they're not awake, but there's also a lot of dangerous things that can happen yeah. in terms of car accidents and and uh, there's lots of effects of for example sleep apnea with higher blood pressure and and lots of other nasty effects that not everybody's aware of i wasn't even aware it was of of it being a thing until i got diagnosed yeah so it's something that i definitely think people should should know about or at least uh, think about if you got a partner that keeps you awake at night snoring real bad get them checked out please yeah definitely that's that's excellent advice excellent advice um and i know that there's like risk of stroke and all kinds of really really serious health problems if you have sleep apnea and don't get it treated so that's a really good point i like to think that the universe throws certain topics in your face and then makes you confront them for a very specific reason and sometimes that reason it's kind of like the whole pebble in the pond thing where the ripples go out and so i think maybe hopefully somebody will hear this uh either read your read your blog post or hear this this um, podcast and you know realize that sleep deprivation has some serious problems um so we in the past and I think you might get a kick out of this too. We in the past have talked about how we both have kind of overcome our struggles with ADD, um, ADHD, and, and uh, especially in the professional world and, and in the critically thinking world. And um, I'm reminded I took calculus in, in when I was getting my associate's degree. And the last time I had touched anything even remotely math related was uh, to that level was a pre-algebra class I took in 1997. Um, and then I, because I didn't think I'd ever use it again. Well, so I was teaching myself algebra while teaching myself, while learning calculus. And, uh, I ran out of my medication for ADD the week of my finals. Oh yeah. So yeah. So like, not 
it was not a good combination at all. So what I did was I studied like crazy, like you normally would. And then I made sure I drank lots of water um, because I knew if I had hydrated brain cells that that would work. And then there's also little hacks that you can do to remember. Like, so I chewed uh, spearmint gum while I was studying. And then during the test, I chewed spearmint gum and that triggered something I like to think. Maybe it's a placebo effect. I don't care, but it worked. <laughs> and then what I did was I made sure for the first time, because I, I've kind of conditioned my body to go off of about six hours of sleep. For the first time, I, get, I went to bed super early, gave myself a full eight hours of sleep. And when I went and took the test, I felt more hyper-focused than I had on medication um, or off in years. And I ended up getting an A minus in the class. And I only missed two questions on a 200 point exam that carried the meat of my grade. And uh, if you ask me today, if I remember any of it, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember anything I took in, in tech school either. I, I, uh, the only things I remember is how to, uh, how to count an octal and uh, all the different variety bit, bite, nibble, lick. Et cetera, et cetera. So on that note, um, it seems like you are much like me, a student of, of the school of life. Um, where do you feel, how do you feel about higher education in today's society? Because as somebody who's, I'm working on my master's now, so I'm kind of biased in that, but I'm always interested to see how people who have, who have been through the path um, and, you know, how they feel about it currently. Well, I'll tell you, I, I did not finish college. I ran out of classes before I ran, I ran out of money before I ran out of classes. Hey, when that happens. And, and, and I think, you know, for me, it was, I didn't go to college to acquire the knowledge to start a career. I went to just acquire knowledge, which is really, you know, that's ideal, but it's kind of a dumb way to approach it. If I, if I had it to do over again, I would have, uh, picked something I was really interested in and, and seen it to completion but because of my ADHD I had a really bad habit of skipping classes because I was just had other things I was interested in and I was doing and, and everything else uh, once I went back to tech school after I'd been working for a while I, I had a little more discipline and so I was able to finish that up uh, without too much trouble and I think if I had to do over again like I said I would have gone and taken something that was a little more um, interested in or, or maybe turned into an actual career i was a religion anthropology major nice uh, <laughs> yeah and, and you know what, what religion anthropology majors say to business majors uh do you want fries with that um <laughs> so it's kind of like you know you 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 know you're being young and foolish i didn't see it that way but now you know obviously and i i've still been able to make a pretty good career for myself i got into it kind of by accident and I've been doing IT for the better part of 25 years. I don't recommend it for anybody now, and now it's a lot harder than IT. Uh, when I was doing it, just when anybody that was that was breathing could could you know make their way in, and I was I kind of caught the tail end of that sure. uh, in the 90s. Well, but I think now if you try to do you know do you try to do uh, anything technology related without having some training you're, you're going to be really uh, have a hard time it's very true and you know it's funny because there's so much that is trial and error um my bachelor says bachelor of science in marketing and not and and the reason it says bachelor of science is because it is experimental it is a trial and error thing and when you're paying a marketing expert you're paying for them for for their experience and knowledge in the experiments that they've done the research that they've done 
that you don't have the time to do or don't want to do or, or don't know how to do. Um, and I, I think that that's, that's an interesting thing. I saw a thing recently that said, you know, if, if it takes me 15 minutes to solve a problem, you're not, I'm not charging you for that 15 minutes. I'm charging you for the 30 or well, we'll say 20 or 10 years it took to get the knowledge to do it in 15 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny you should mention about trial and error. I, um, I dated a med student for a while and, you know, just, uh, we had a lot of conversations and so forth. And I, I was being a smart aleck and I said, I, I've got two questions for you. Uh, number one, why do they call it a practice? And number two, why would anybody become a proctologist? <laughs> and the, the, the first one, she the second one, she answered regular hours because you don't get a lot of emergencies in that part of That's the world. That's probably true. Uh, regular hours treating the regular people, I guess. But the second thing she said, and this is something I've kept with me um, ever since, which she said, it's all practice. And that kind of struck me is that, you know, everything you're doing is practice for the next time you do it. So true. And the people who have the most practice are the ones that are able to say, okay, I know what I did wrong the last time I tried this. I'm going to try something different. And, you know, it's that constant uh, learning about patterns and things. I mean, that's how we learn. I've done a, lot, a fair amount of reading about, you know, learning styles and how we learn. Yeah. My, my ADHD. And the thing that they found, which I thought was interesting, is that everything we do is pretty much a matter of, of recording pattern, recording and recognizing patterns. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so if you have, I did an experiment with a speech same course of of motions and after a while the child would get kind of bored and not really look very much the minute they changed it up at all the kid was like immediately paying attention again and uh it is it's just about repetition uh and then you know taking into account hey there's something that changed what do i what do i, what do, I do now and uh you know We're creatures of habit absolutely Think about if you had a kid that watches the, you know, kids know that instinctively that when you drop a ball, it falls down. Yeah. Can you imagine a kid that grows in a, in a, somebody who grew up in a, in a situation where gravity wasn't consistent so that you couldn't be sure whether it would, would go up or down? That's true. sadly I lost Larry so I did what any sensible person would do I double checked my internet connection went for Wi-Fi found a quiet place and uh, tried to get in touch with him again stay tuned uh, it's about to get kind of funny but first how about a nice word from my sponsor I'm gonna interrupt myself here because well it seems like a good time to do that so stay tuned Today, aren't we? We sure are. But the good news is that uh, now I am on. I figured that since I was, I was having trouble connecting to my office Wi-Fi. So now I'm connected to the office Wi-Fi, and so I don't uh, perceive that we'll have any other issues. But this is Let anchor, so not. <laughs> Let us hope. Yeah, it's only gonna be like the 87th time we've attempted this, right? Yeah. So. Let me ask you this. Here's another fun one for you. So you were talking about the lack of gravity when I lost you, ironically. 
uh, you floated off into the ether. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's irony for you. No, um, so I wanted to get back to a subject before I forgot, um, which is the um, I wanted to talk about the the whole writing blog process. Now I told my client that had asked me about inspiration and all that stuff I said you know there's a lot of things sometimes it comes from my clients ideas sometimes it, like people will ask me a question and I'll think really hard on it and then I'll be like you know if this person had the question then maybe others do and that's how I come up with a post or just something I find fascinating like once I wrote about who, who made the very first website you know mm -hmm. things like that um, but what she goes well I don't have time to write and you know I can smell an excuse 10 miles away and I <laughs> yeah you have to make time I, yeah well and I said you know I think that you do have time you just don't know it because you don't know how to do it when you have time you don't think it's an option and she goes what do you mean I said so for example when I'm writing a blog um, if I come up with a really good idea and I don't want to lose it what I'll do since I drive to and from work and I have a 45 minute commute, I'll pull up uh, the Google Docs document and then I'll hit text to speech and I'll speak it all out. I'll just talk it all out, talk out the entire blog idea that I have, what I want it to say word for word. And then when I finally get to the office, I'll go through and edit it. Obviously, there's going to be some typos from from autocorrect and some misheard words and some things that just don't make sense in the blog. And, I'll, and that'll at least give me somewhere to start. And I found that when I do that, it cuts down the amount of time it takes to, to, to do it a lot, a lot. It cuts it down by a lot. And then I'll go one step further. And when I'm done doing that, I will read it out loud to myself to make sure everything makes sense. And then that's how I know that I've got a successful blog. And she goes, well, how long does that process take you? And I said, from start to finish, um, I've written entire blogs that were really, really decent in about an hour. Mm -hmm. And um, with this process that's you know because it's all transcribed for you it just makes sense you yeah know? well and i've done that I mean, myself we have, we have technology there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to do stuff like that so is there the the question that i had for you is are is there different ways that you utilize technology to to help you write your blogs or do you just kind of sit down and set the 20 minute timer and go or well, <laughs> how's it work for you generally? i write everything right directly onto uh WordPress. I use WordPress for my blogging platform. And so I'll just go in, create a new post and go. And generally what I'm, what I do is I usually try to find an image um, that matches this, what I'm going to write about and then put that in, put a funny caption underneath. And then um, usually I've got two or three good ideas and I'll just start banging away and, and writing for you know, like you said, 20 minutes and just writing, not worrying about whether it makes any sense, whether it's any good or not, just writing, a kind of stream of consciousness in some way. And when I do that, um, you know, and then usually I end up with having, you know, I'll have three or four uh, uh, drafts going at the same time. And I do, I use my phone the same way you do in, in terms of text to speech and I'll, you know, do a quick memo, hit the, hit the talk button and just, you know, talk about whatever, um, there. And that works. I, before, the, before I, my phone was really able to do that. I used a, a micro tape recorder and would just talk. Nice. And you know, the nice thing about the, the text to speech is you have a lot less work to transpose that into something that's, or to transcribe it into something you can actually uh, edit and, and work with, but for the most part, that's that's my writing process. Is just you know come up with an idea, 
get it down somewhere. Um, sometimes it's in my daily journal. Sometimes it's on a scratch piece of paper that just happens to be handy. And then taking that and going, okay, what can I do with this? And sometimes that's easier than others. I will tell you that. You know, it's funny. I, I had thought about a name of a, of a blog and it was going to be a name of a, of a blog entry. It would be um, how to blog when you have no blogging idea what to blog about. <laughs> yeah, I, I think everybody's run into that at least once. <laughs> at least, at least. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's you, it's it's the old writer's block. It attacks no matter what. Um, but fortunately, I'm not the only one in my organization that's that needs to write blogs and and uh, sometimes I just come up with an idea and the other thing that I found is really kind of useful too is that if it's a really long one like I had one concept that I thought of the entire way to work one day and it hit hard and it was inspired hard so I sat down and started typing when I got to work and I realized it was two hours that I had been typing and I went holy cow this is a lot of content and so I went back through and I read it and I realized it was far too long for one blog post. So what I did, since my company puts out a, a new blog post every week and then uses those four blog posts in a month to make the newsletter, I made it a five part series. Oh yeah. So the first part had this, the next part had that. And I just had to find ways to, and natural spots to stop and move on to the next, you know, the next uh, uh, portion. And, and so, you know, I ended up having five pieces of content off of one. Sure. Now I had a question for you. How often, do you, how long is your typical blog entry? And I think we dropped connection again. I hear, can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, I can now. Are you there? Yep. So, so what I found out is that when when my phone goes to sleep, I, I, it makes it sound like I'm not here. Wow. I don't know why it does that, but yeah. So I wish I, I'm gonna have to figure out how to turn off the, <laughs> the sleep That's function. Okay. But to answer your question, my typical blog uh, post is maybe 500 words. Um, I don't know, I'd have to look. I've never really paid attention. I just know that if it, I, I what I found when writing, cause I've been writing articles for LinkedIn for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to come back. Let's put a pin in that because this is an interesting thing I think you'll like. Um, and what I found is that because people tend to be lazy readers, if the blocks, if you can't write paragraphs, it, it has to be like maybe five lines max, six lines max, and then you have to do a paragraph break and do some, do another one. And so from a from a professional writing perspective, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But from a blog writing perspective, it's more, it's less visually taxing, especially if you include in their links and then images to break up the blocks of text. And then that's how you can get somebody to read something that's very, very uh, detailed or very heavy and not realize that they're spending a half an hour reading it, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I, and I've got a fair amount of technical writing experience. And one of the things that um, I learned real early was, was how to use white space. And mm -hmm. to emphasize ideas to make things less like because you can't get anybody to read a, a, a you know a twenty line paragraph you have to keep it short uh, bullet points all that stuff and for the most part that works out pretty well I I tend to write short blocks um, in my blog posts that are maybe two or three lines or two or three sentences at the most and I try to I try I don't always succeed but I usually try to have a, a a joke or something every two or three paragraphs. Um, you know, either as an aside or just, uh, I don't I don't usually do a lot of, you know, full setup type jokes. I generally tend to go 
just I usually work with analogies or, or um, you know, things like that. Or every once in a while, I'll throw in a pun, which may lose me all my possible readers because that's something that's an acquired taste, I suspect. But um, it's an art form. I won't. I won't hear you call it anything other than that. Well, you know, <laughs> it, 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 for me anyway, that I've always liked the kind of puns that are that require you to actually have some knowledge to get the joke. Yeah. So that's a pun is a thinking man's joke. Well, and and you know it, it depends. If it's a really bad pun, you know, which is the kind of you know really obvious. At least for me, a bad pun is a is a dad joke. You know, something really really obvious. Um, but the, the the ones I like the most are the ones that really require you to actually have some knowledge and background in general to even know why it's funny. Um, yeah. You know, so one of my dad's favorite. Um, jokes was did you hear about the geisha that went broke because nobody had a yen for her and you know if you don't know that yen is the a currency and also you know the uh another word for desire that joke doesn't work at all but if you have those two pieces of knowledge then you then it's actually somewhat witty and funny um which i've just killed because i explained the joke but you know what i'm talking about no, it makes sense now. No, it totally, because I didn't know that, so it makes sense to me. Um, another one that I think you, you'll appreciate, and I can't take credit for it, my, I had a buddy once, his name was Carl, and his dad came up with this joke. It was his favorite joke, and it was, did you hear about the op, uh, the optrician who fell into a, a lens grinder? Uh, he made a complete spectacle of himself. Exactly. <laughs> um, the one that... And, the one I almost got in trouble with uh, at work because I didn't quite know how to take it at first. I, you know, I, I have a walking aid that I use since I busted my leg last year, and I came up to somebody and I said, "I named I named this John," and okay. it's funny. And they said, "Why?" And I said, "Because it's McCain." Wow, that's pretty good. So I like it. It took a minute, you know, and then they laughed, but they weren't sure what the where the heck I was going with that whole thing. But that's pretty good. Anyway, that's a timely one too. It kind of depends on when you tell that joke. Because didn't he pass away last year? <laughs> I, I, I told that joke right as right. I think uh, like maybe a week before he passed. Um, nice. After that, I couldn't tell it because it was too soon. Yeah, a little too soon. That's, that's like anytime, there are some jokes that you should stay away from, Holocaust jokes, Nazi jokes, that sort of thing. But anytime I, I hear somebody tell a joke that is, you know, out there, you know, I think this the secret to humor is twofold. It's either surprise or there has to be a victim to the joke. There has to be somebody you're making fun of. And um, if somebody tells a, a Nazi or a Holocaust joke, no matter what the joke is, I, I have the same answer. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. I found that the too soon is funnier than the joke. <laughs> because it's like... Yeah, it's been it'll never be years since that'll happen, but still. Yeah, I mean... It, yeah, like, you know... I, I think that... Did you hear the one... Go ahead. I, the one thing I've learned about humor, and, I, and I've made a fair amount of... Um, uh, read a fair amount of about humor and, and comedy and so forth is that there there needs to be I think there has to be a, a if there's a victim it's I actually like self-deprecating humor because generally I'm I'm the guy that gets stuck um, and you know if you do it as more of a, of a human experience thing then it's funny I don't like jokes where you're just picking on somebody but for example, um, when I talked about breaking my leg, 
you know, I, I, one of the things I've talked to people about is, you know, you, when you break a bone like that, you will discover there is profanity in your vocabulary in languages that you don't speak. <laughs> and, um, and when my wife, my wife just broke her ankle. And so I'm taking care of her now. And I, I said something to her about, you know, this is probably karma because now I'm taking care of you after you took care of me all that long. But I don't think this really fits with karma because that would be mean that to pay me back for making you take care of me, you had to break your ankle, which doesn't make any sense at all. So it's that kind of, yeah, that's it's kind of taking, you know, what it, 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 you know, if you've ever watched like the Twilight Zone, um, yeah, uh, it's taking that what's happening that looks normal and then just giving it a good twist. Yep. and making somebody kind of question you know what how they're viewing things that's why i like magic <laughs> that's why i like magic tricks it's the same concept um yeah I, I when i i i once broke my arm and my leg it was back in 2015 and i still have 19 screws in my body because of it i had taken my daughter roller skating and she fell and i went to to catch her and she stayed up, but I went down and landed on my arm and leg oh, and just no. snapped a bone. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, it was no fun. Yeah. So uh, when when I was recovering, people would say, oh, what happened to you? And I'd be like, I told my, uh, told my uh, well, how, let's see, so she's going to be 12. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. But I was like, I told my daughter there was no Santa Claus. She didn't take it well. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, those are the fun things to, to mess with people's heads a little bit. I... And another one that was was sometimes that can backfire though because um, I was at Jordan Creek Mall in Des Moines uh, one time and watching my son play on the playground. They have one of those indoor playground things, and I'm just sitting there minding my own business. And this little girl comes up, maybe five or six, cute as a button, and you know five or six year olds talk to anybody. And sure you know I'm a pretty I'm a pretty safe looking guy, so she proceeded to show me her mosquito bite and tell me that her dad puts afterbite on it. Because after he okay. it, and I said, well, why don't you, why doesn't he put before bite on it? Before you get bit. And that's pretty He funny. got a really thoughtful look on her face and I think she went off to ask her dad about all that and I got up and left because I didn't want to try to face the face the consequences. That's pretty great. That's pretty great. Be like, see ya. Yeah. See, your your humor is so much nicer than mine. I would have said something that when he says, you know, my dad put afterbite on it. I'd be like, well, why did he bite you? <laughs> like, yeah. So you have a much nicer sense of humor than I do because I, but and, and you know, knowing full well that obviously it didn't happen, but and I would play stupid the whole time. The kid was trying to explain what it was. I'd be like, yeah, but why did he bite? And my kids absolutely hate me for it because I do it all the time. And they know that I'm joking, but they don't know that I'm joking. You know what I mean? Well, I've always I've always said that a parent's job is to pay, make a therapist's boat payment someday. <laughs> That's accurate as hell. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, my son, when he was smaller, I, you know, he'd ask me about something and I would make up these really, uh, you know, convoluted cock and bull stories about how something works. And he... You know, and of course, when he's four or five, he, they just eat that stuff up because, you know, dad's telling him, you know. But he got to be about six. I remember the day very, very specifically. He got to be about six, and I told him something, and he looked at me, rolled his eyes, and said, Whopper. And that was it. 
I was done. There was nothing, you know, he, he pretty much had caught me. So at that point, I, I, kind of, I you know, I, I would, and I never said it, like, did it so I thought, so I thought he would believe me anyway, but he just said, I've had enough. That's, you know, whopper. And that was the end of that. Yep. There comes a point in every man's life where the dad joke dies. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Some of us sooner than others. Yep, unfortunately. Well, I, I appreciate your time. I'm going to have to get back to my work, unfortunately. But uh, I, I do appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. It's, it's always a pleasure, and I'm sure we'll do it again sometime. And hopefully I'll figure out a way to get around this technology. It seems like the two lessons that I've learned are, yep, i got to have Wi-Fi on my side, and B, I can't let my phone fall asleep. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you given any more thought to putting your uh, your blog post into a podcast like this? Yeah, I actually have been thinking about that quite a bit. I've got a fairly decent uh, microphone on my on my headset that I use for gaming, so I may have to give that a shot here and just put a page for it, and, uh, or just stick the stick a link to the uh, file at the bottom of the of each uh, each blog post. Yeah, you can always hear. The nice thing about it too is that with Anchor. Uh, even using the straight up the app on your phone, you can actually um, import audio chunks. So um, like if I had a certain thing that I had, um, like I've told you, I think I've told you this before, but I'll take video and then I'll export the audio from that and then upload that audio file up as a segment for the show. And it lets you do it in chunks, which is really nice. And then it also lets you add in background music. And, you know, I, I really like Anchor as a platform. I think it's great. And, and I think it's a really easy way to do it. So, um, you know, as as this ship starts to sail, let me know. And I will uh, I'll definitely be one of your first listeners. That's for sure. Thank you. Um, I've been thinking about it more along the lines of I've got a, a tool called, called Audacity, which is a freeware. Um, it's a freeware music editor and lets you do yeah. multi-tracks, all kinds of cool stuff. And I've used that before uh, for putting together a little uh, audio piece for something else I was working on. And I liked it because it lets me do a lot more sophisticated um, uh, editing and, and, and so forth than I could do just on my phone. And I got- Absolutely. Having done radio for a few years, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, uh, persnickety, if you'll pardon the expression about that kind of stuff. I want it to sound right when I do it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. The higher the quality, the better. I'll be the first to admit that my show is not the highest quality all the time, <laughs> as far as audio goes. But I am hoping that what I lack in in audio audio, audio quality, I make up for an overall experience and um, and content itself. I, I mean, the, this whole thing for me, the deep gripping reality, has all been a big experiment, um, and it's fun, and it's it's a way for me to eliminate excuses. So that if somebody comes to me and says, "I want to do this," I don't know how, or I can't do this. I can be like, yes, you can, and tell them step by step because it's either has worked for me or I can help them avoid things that haven't. Sure, sure. I think that's great. Yeah, it's been fun. It's a, it's a learning experience, that's for damn sure. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks again, Larry. I'm going to let you go. Um, if you ever need anything, you know who to get in touch with, and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right, take care. Take care.
So that was Larry Blankenship, author of The Workplace Humorist. His blog, again, is at workplacehumorist.com. You should definitely check it out. There's some funny stuff in there, and uh, it's definitely worth it. And as he said, if he runs the podcast, you can bet your booty I'll be plugging it here. So um, thanks again for tuning in on this episode of Deep Gripping Reality, where we dig deep into everything from blogging to ADD to ADHD to business to marketing to all kinds of crazy stuff. You never know what inspiration will hit you. So, um, and we experiment with new ways to create content. So thanks again. And until next time, dig deep, my friends.